Welcome to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD. I'm your host, Alicia Sutton, and we are broadcasting from the annual meeting of the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions. Now, we know that healthcare costs in the United States are among the highest in the world, yet our health outcomes fall below most other developed countries. In today's session, we're going to talk about how we might change the care delivery model, and we're going to do it through the lens of one state, that being New Jersey. New Jersey's healthcare outcomes are similar to other states, but its costs are among the highest in the nation. So why is that? What can be done about it? And with me is Ray Saputelli. He's Executive Vice President of the New Jersey Academy of Family Physicians. Welcome back, Ray. You've been a guest in the past, and we're glad you can join us. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Okay, so I put a little reality out there, but let me keep going for a second. So primary care physicians, pressure to increase the number of patients to generate income. They face declining reimbursements. Patients have excessive wait times to get to see them. High volume is shorter face-to-face. What am I forgetting here? I don't know that you forget that you're forgetting anything. We could talk about the heavy administrative burden. We could talk about, uh, you know, the 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 way primary care is reimbursed. But at the end of the day, it it all flows from a broken system. It's it it starts and ends with the fact that our system pays for rewards volume of care rather than the value of care. So uh, until that system is changed, until we decide that what we're buying, um, even if we like what we're buying, that we're paying for the wrong pieces of it, we're putting all sorts of perverse incentives in the, in, into play, uh, I think you're going to see all of the things you mentioned and more as pressures on physicians and patients. Um, and that's why some of the things that are going on uh, across the country uh, at the AFP, at the NJFP, uh, and with the primary care uh, community across the country are so exciting. Yeah, and value is such a key word there, um, and we'll get into some of those value propositions. But New Jersey has a potential opportunity uh, to maybe change how this model works. Can you elaborate a little bit? Well, yeah, there's um, there's a, a perfect time and place for everything, <laughs> right? And we've, we seem to have come to a place where uh, folks who are usually maybe uh, on opposite sides or can't find common ground about uh, how we should deliver health care, how we should pay for health care, are starting to find it. It's because the people who are actually the purchasers are saying, you know what, we, we get it. We understand that what we need to give to our employees or our members is uh, team-based care, care uh, that's the right care at the right time, at the right cost. It's coordinated care across the system, across your health care journey, especially for someone with chronic disease or chronic condition. It's, it's that coordination of care. And they're saying, you know, we think that if primary care and particularly family physicians are working with their patients at the center, you know, at the center of that universe, at the center of that team, if everything is built around the patient and we pay for the value that you bring, as a family physician to that relationship that our costs will go down, our outcomes will improve, and the satisfaction that those patients feel will also improve. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the triple aim, right? It's, it's, right? it's how do we get there? And, and I think um, those payers in New Jersey, uh, particularly a group of payers uh, organized around uh, public employees, mm-hmm. are saying, um, you know, we actually want to put it's so cliche, but we want to put our money where our mouth is. When we say that, that primary care is, is really 
the most important part of the healthcare journey. Uh, we're going to design a system that 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 does exactly what I just said. That rewards the value that primary care brings right. and provides every patient with access to a primary care clinician, a primary care physician. Provides every patient with um, with access, with quality, with with everything that the patient-centered medical home uh, has proved over time, mm -hmm. right? But sort of in an evolutionary process. So we knew for a long time uh, now that the patient-centered medical home uh, adds value. Right. But there's just a little piece of it that we couldn't get to because while we knew it added value, we still wanted to pay for the old-fashioned way, right? We wanted to say, but we're still going to pay you for how many times you do something to me rather than how well you keep me. No, I, I like that. You know, I'm hearing you use the word value a lot. So let's let's talk about that. Uh, lots of stakeholders in this, not just the purchasers. And sometimes the purchaser is the patient themselves, as we know. Um, but talk about some of the key metrics, the key value propositions of doing, of making this change. Well, I think um, when you talk about metrics, you can talk about everything from, you know, cost of care, patient satisfaction, uh, we can measure things like uh, unnecessary hospitalizations. We can measure things like uh, unnecessary testing, testing that just doesn't add value. We can add, um, we, we can measure um, even down to the granular, le granular level, uh, and perhaps even in English. Um, we can measure down to that level and say, is the patient finding their healthcare journey to be what they need it to be? Are they satisfied with the journey? Um, especially at a time when you know, if if you're fighting a chronic disease, it's it's hard to be, it's hard to be happy about the journey, right? right? But if you're satisfied that you're being cared for and being cared for well, and you're not confused, that's something we can measure. Yeah. Know? So value comes across a lot of stakeholders, and we can see it not just in patient satisfaction, we can also see it in um, increased patient access to clinicians, not just. Sure, sure. Um, you know, it, it could be every. It, it could be anything from one of one of the um, one of the tenets of the plan that um, the group of uh, public employees is trying to is trying to put forward is you know twenty four seven access to care. It's the ability to see your clinician, your team when you when you need care. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's. Um, <laughs> I guess the best way is you know is the story that we all know. Right. If if um, if the only time I can see my physician is when I'm at work. That doesn't help me a lot. And what does that lead to? It leads to maybe I don't keep that appointment. Maybe I don't comply right. with my medication. Maybe I don't do the things I need to do to be another part of the responsible and accountable team mm -hmm. that's working on my own care. So those are some of the things that you know I think are gonna be really important as we talk about how we transform the delivery of healthcare and particularly at the primary care level. Right. If you're just tuning in, this is Lifelong Learning on ReachMD, and we're discussing the primary care model and maybe how to change the delivery. With me is Ray Saputelli. He's Executive Vice President of the New Jersey Academy of Family Physicians. So, Ray, you mentioned um, <coughs> the public health, the uh, public sector in New Jersey. Is there a pilot program you can give us a little more detail about? Well, there's certainly uh, several pilot programs that are in um, some stage of development. Uh, I don't think um, I don't think any of those pilots at at this level mm -hmm. uh, are are um, quite ready to be rolled out yet. But I know that there's there's a uh, 
a real sense of energy, you I know, around uh, around the, the, the steam, right, that's being, that's being right. picked up, particularly around this one program with the state health benefits program and the public sector employees. Uh, I think finally we're seeing um, several of those payers come together, or those purchasers, I'm sorry, come together and say, we really not only need to do this, but we agree. And we're, mm-hmm. seeing, we're seeing politicians on both sides of the aisle. The governor just the other day in his uh, State of the State address said, you know, the time is now. We've got to get this right. We've got to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think on the other side of the aisle, there's certainly um, uh, great ambition and desire to see a plan like this move forward, you know, from the from the uh, from the Senate president's side as well. And right. I, I just think the fact that that um, that there's so much confluence around uh, maybe the idea. Maybe mm-hmm. the time's right to see it happen. So, so I think by the time we sit and talk next year at mm-hmm. this meeting, I think we're going to be excited to say to you, you know, there are three or four of these pilots going on, and not only are they going on, but they're demonstrating real success. They're controlling costs. They're changing the way primary care is valued and paid for. They're providing patients with the kind of access that they need and the kind of tools they need to be active participants in their healthcare journey. I think once we get there, right, um, it'll be a super exciting time. I'm sure it will be. Um, what is the New Jersey Academy of Family Physicians' role in this? Um, well, first of all, anytime that there is a group of purchasers of healthcare or payers for healthcare that say, we get it, we think we need to change the way we pay for and deliver healthcare in this state, uh, I think the New Jersey Academy of Family Physicians has a role to stand up and be the biggest cheerleader on the planet for something like that. Um, at the same time, the New Jersey Academy of Family Physicians, uh, for the last eight or nine years, has been an active participant in helping practices, helping physicians transform their practices. So we've developed a series of tools and resources and even a team of, um, a, a, a terrific team of experts who will help those practices to move along in their transformation journey, right? To, to really think about the things that they need to think about to change, to change the way they deliver care. So, so the New Jersey Academy of Family Physicians has um, I think a very active role in that Mm -hmm. transformation as well. Um, But even where we don't have that active role, I think to stand up and be the biggest advocate on the planet for something like that is uh, is right where we'd want to be. Right. You mentioned some tools. Um, Where are some resources that our listeners can go to 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 learn more or get access to? Well, the first the first place I would always direct folks is to our website njfp.org. There's there's also a couple of great resources that talk about. sort of the evolution of what we've called the patient-centered medical home for so long, and look at things like direct primary care, which is really uh, you know, where I think uh, a lot of these pilots are going to have um, some of their most success, some of their greatest success. Uh, you'll find resources, um, great websites called um, FMA Health or Family Medicine for America's Health, but fmahealth.org. You'll also find some great resources at healthisprimary.org. They're both uh, programs um, that have developed out of the American Academy of Family Physicians uh, Future of Family Medicine Project that's been evolutionary over the last 15 or 20 years. Um, and, uh, and there's some really exciting stuff on both of those websites as well, both for the clinician and for the patient and for the payer, just for, for, for people who want to know what the evolution of this concept of the patient-centered medical home really looks like. Right. You know? Is there a little bit of uh, the evolution coming out of concierge-level services? We certainly have seen that in the last number of years. Well, I, I think, um, you know, the reason concierge medicine uh, exists 
the reason it uh, has flourished in some places is because certainly there are people who have been in a position uh, because they're you know they're blessed to be able to to, to pay for their health care in a way that they choose to um, they've sort of they've voted with their feet and they say I want this kind of access I want this kind of um, relationship with my mm -hmm. physician um, now certainly there's a, there are a lot of people who might say well that's great but that's only for those people who are blessed enough to afford it what about everyone else right. and what I'd say is everybody wants that so what the beauty of a lot of the direct primary care model now uh, uh, is starting to demonstrate is that you can bring that kind of access and relationship to everybody because it's not about spending more money it's about taking the money we spend and spending it well mm -hmm. and spending it on on the kind of care that adds value so if, if we do that you know there's an expectation that we can um, improve the practice environment for family physicians and primary care clinicians. We can improve satisfaction um, at the patient level. We can improve outcomes. We can lower costs or at the very least stem the, the tide of costs that just have been increasing so rapidly. Right. Um, I think that's all exciting stuff. No, I think so. It's a very positive picture you're, you're putting on it. Um, so what would you say to the medical student who's in school now, what would you say about the primary care practice, say, 10 years from now? What do you think? I think medical students um, come into medicine because they're often idealistic, and I would tell them not to lose that idealism. I'd tell them that, um, you know, for everybody who tells you how difficult it's going to be, there's someone else who will tell you, yeah, but it's worth it, you know? Um, so... Yeah, as I tell people all the time, I, I, I forgot to go to medical school, so I didn't live that life. But I know that the people that I've watched go through it, um, even at their most frustrated times, will tell you that I've gotten to do something that very few people on this planet get to do. And, the, and, 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 and primary care is, 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 is the epicenter and, and really the, the, the crux of what's going to be right about our healthcare system 10 years from now. And if I'm wrong, we won't be sitting here having this conversation. Well, we won't. But, <laughs> but you, let's just take a look for a second. You've been at NJFP for 15 years. You've been a guest on here. Um, what's going on these days at NJFP? What's new uh, over there? Thank you for making me feel old. Um, <laughs> well, NJFP is an exciting place to be. You know, we, uh, we have for 15 years been the singular voice of family medicine uh, in New Jersey and we've been able to build a pretty incredible team and you know a lot of our team and uh, and over the past couple of years we've been able to leverage that team to provide those same kinds of services to uh, a few other groups in the state and out of the state so we we uh, we're working closely uh, in the management of the Delaware chapter the Academy of Family Physicians and we're working with the American College of Physicians in New Jersey uh, and we're working with a few other allied uh, healthcare societies. What's most exciting about that from my seat is really that, um, you know, if you want to change the world, you often have to have a critical mass of people to help you change it. And um, we're starting to build that critical mass. That's great. It sounds like you're steering it the right direction. Well, Thank you again for joining us today. It's always great to hear your voice. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. This series is co-produced with the Alliance for Continuing Education and the Health Professions. 
For information and a full library of medical broadcasts, please visit ReachMD.com. I'm your host, Alicia Sutton, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks.